Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can follow me at Twitter at RyanClary11. You can also follow the show page at LO underscore Nationals. I repeat, at LO underscore Nationals. Trying to get that follower count up, if you don't mind. And so on today's show, I'm going to be going over the five biggest storylines for the Washington Nationals moving forward. And really, there's a lot of storylines this offseason to keep your eye on. Obviously, we have the ownership situation still going on. It feels like Ted Leonsis is in that lead as long as long as everything holds up. We still don't know, but that's the rumor so far. And obviously, there's a lot to be going on for. We're in the middle of a rebuild. What's going to be the next steps moving forward? What can this team do? Can we spend finally? Are we going to spend money on free agents? There's a lot of big names out there. Trey Turner's out there, a former national. What are the nationals going to do? So find out my five biggest storylines heading into the offseason right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I mean wherever. You can find it wherever Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, wherever. Any download is much appreciated. And I appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to take a listen to my dumb voice. So thank you. Again, I appreciate it. But on to bigger and better things. The Nationals' biggest storylines this offseason, honestly, this was a tough one to pick. And really, just to narrow it down to five is even tough. Because think about it. Think about where we are as an organization. We used to be an organization that spent money. We used to be consistently in the top 10 for baseball payrolls amongst MLB. We used to have hope. We used to have a farm system. We used to think that after 2019... Our championship window was going to be as far-fetched as 2025, at least. That's truly what we thought after winning that World Series in 2019. And now, as we sit here today on November 2nd, 2022, and you look around and you see all the nothing burgers around the Nationals, all the free agents that don't want to be here, all the execs that don't really want to do with what we're doing right now as an organization. People want to stay away from us right now. You just traded Juan Soto, and there's a ton of other storylines to follow. But first, my biggest storyline of this offseason is the Nationals ownership situation. I think everyone saw this coming. I love talking about this Nationals ownership thing. Because as time goes by, I get more intrigued with it, as more nuggets as we get. And I have to give a shout out. My guy, Talk Nats, he had it really before anyone. He was on it from the get-go. Back in September, I believe, or it could be early October, before anyone else had this, he was already reporting that Ted Leonsis, alongside David Rubenstein, were the front runners to buy the Washington Nationals. And so David Rubenstein is partnering with Ted Leonsis, and if you don't know, I've said it on this platform many times, Ted Leonsis is the owner for the Washington Wizards. 
He's the owner for the Washington Capitals, and he also owns NBC Sports Washington as alongside Monumental Sports and Entertainment Network. He owns all that. He owns a lot in Washington, D.C. And to know about David Rubenstein, David Rubenstein's worth about $3.1 billion. And he's one of the co-partners of the Carlisle Group, which is a law firm here in D.C. I don't know much about law firms. I'll admittedly say that. But I do know the Carlisle Group. And they're a very powerful group here in the DMV. And obviously, this is the most powerful city in the world. So I feel like that has a little more merit to it than just saying he's the most powerful lawyer in Chicago, for example. And so the fact that those two could be partnering up, and as we sit here today, I'm willing to bet that there's a 95% chance that Leonsis and Rubenstein will be the Nationals owners moving forward. And with that, you know, at first when I heard that Ted Leonsis is going to be buying the Nationals, I was kind of like, eh, like, look at the Wizards. The Wizards kind of suck, and they've kind of stunk forever, if we're being honest. Is that a Leonces issue? You could say so. You could. I'm not going to lie. But then again, this is an organization that has been bad forever. And so, and also at the NBA, if you don't have LeBron James, like Grant was saying the other day, if you didn't listen to that interview, you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. The Wizards have been kind of stuck in crap forever they've been stuck in the mud and so it's kind of hard to compare them to the nationals who quite frankly the nationals have just had success in the last decade before that they were nothing themselves either but really what i love about ted leonsis the fact that he's willing to pay his stars he's willing to keep his stars here in the home of dc fans and he wants to make them part of the fabric here in washington dc in the areas that go around here. And I respect that. Because what's your one complaint, Nats fans? Think about that. What's your one complaint? I've said it over and over again. They can't, the learners cannot keep the superstars here in D.C. for whatever reason. What, why is that? Some would say, well, it's Scott Boris, the agent. Ted Leonces comes in town. There's no reason to believe that that's going to change. You're right. But guess what? With no new ownership, also comes a new philosophy, a new way of going about business, new opportunities. And that's what I see right now with Ted Leonsis. That's why I've really talked myself into this purchase that he could be making of the Nationals. The Nationals are probably my favorite team to cover, and obviously just being a fan. Washington, D.C. I love the Nationals. They bring me so much joy, even when they're bad. And when they're great, it's even better. It's just, I'm a baseball fan through and through. That's just what it is for me. And so what I do want to be as a fan, selfishly as a fan, I want my owners to spend. I want them to spend money to stay competitive. Because here, look at it this way. Here's the payroll for 2022. Um, of the entire MLB. Number one, you have the Dodgers, playoff team. Mets, second, playoff team. Yankees, third, playoff team. Fourth, the Phillies, playoff team. Padres, fifth, playoff team. Sixth, Red Sox, 
missed the playoffs. Seven, White Sox missed the playoffs. Eight, Braves missed the playoffs. Nine, Angels also missed the playoffs. Ten, Blue Jays, they made the playoffs. If you see that trend, seven of the ten teams in the top ten for MLB payrolls made the playoffs this season. Does that directly correlate to spending money? I think so. Because this is what it is in the MLB. There's a luxury tax that kind of acts as your cap. Sort of like in football, you have a salary cap. Uh, the NBA, they have a salary cap. Right, they have a luxury tax as well that acts like a, like a salary cap. Basically, the MLB, like people say, oh, well, you can spend as much money as you want. You can, but once you cross a certain threshold, you're going to be taxed for it. And it's going to be a big, big chunk. But the fact of the matter is, if you spend the money, more income is going to come. If you spend the money on Juan Soto, guess what? Jersey sales are going to go through the roof. If you spend money on Trey Turner, jersey sales, butts in seats. Anthony Rendon, same for him. If you spend on these guys, there's more income to come. That sounded weird. But you get the point. You have to spend money, and that's something that I'm really excited about for a potential new ownership situation here in Washington, D.C., because honestly, I think that that could be a big difference. I think it could be. We'll see what that takes us, but in my humble opinion, I truly think that that is a big difference in this. But before I get to the second biggest storyline this offseason, I want to tell you about my friends over at Roan. Dress shirts are tricky. It's hard to find one that fits you right while also being comfortable and matches your your style. Plus, with all the hustle and bustle you've got going on, you need a dress shirt that looks good enough to get the deal done at work but is comfortable enough to play catch with your kid after dropping him off at practice. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. Odor-free tech with gold fusion anti-odor technology. You'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use code locked on. All right. Time for my second biggest storyline going into this offseason. My second biggest storyline going into this offseason kind of runs along lines with the ownership, but a little different. Will the Nationals bite the bullet now and extend C.J. Abrams? Now, I'm going out on a limb on this. Not a lot of people are on the same wavelength as I am with it. 
And right now, from what I've seen from CJ Abrams, I think this is someone who's going, he's not going to be your Trey Turner. Who's a top three shortstop in baseball. I don't think he's going to be like that, but even then I think he's going to be a top 10 shortstop. I think this is someone who's going to be a building block to your future. And when you have someone of that talent, someone who can really do it all in a sense, his power is not there. I know that. But his fielding, his plate awareness, I think there's a lot to like about C.J. Abrams. And so I want to see the Washington Nationals lock him up, at least kick the tires on it. I want it, When we come into spring training, and if Jesse Doherty from the Washington Post or Andrew Golden from the Washington Post, if they ask you, hey, Mike, did you ever have any contract talks with C.J. Abrams this offseason with the 21-year-old? And if he says no, I'd be disappointed. And two, I'd be shocked. I would be. Mike Rizzo, he's been with us forever. We know what his situation is like. He hasn't really been the one to extend someone this early into his career. You just don't see it from him. Is that his fault? Is that his philosophy in this? Maybe so. I don't necessarily think it's his fault because it's a lot to pay someone after only two months in the major league. It's a lot. But then I go back to the point of if you don't have trust in your own system to be able to make this trade, this huge trade to send Juan Soto and Josh Bell away. And one of the main pieces that you get back and you don't have the faith to sign him to a extension that won't be, nearly as big as it would be if he does pan out in a few years from now and makes an all-star team. So I guarantee you, if he makes an all-star team and he's looking like to what everyone thought he would be, he's going to be waiting towards free agency. I'd be shocked unless we wipe him away with an offer. So I think the time to extend CJ Abrams is this off season and get the ball rolling on some of these free agents and just get ahead of the ball. Get ahead of the eight ball is what they say. The time is now. You got to do it now. I want to see it. I want to be aggressive because this is a rebuild. I'll acknowledge it. But it's time to put these time to put the hay in the barn. You got to show me something. And so I really want to see that going into this offseason. My third biggest storyline, again, kind of runs along the lines of C.J. Abrams. What will the front office do, and really the major league, the managerial staff with Davey Martinez, what will they do to be different in their major league development? This is something I've gone over again and again. The major league development, once they get to the majors, once they get to the nationals, you're not really seeing much development under Davey Martinez. And who is that to blame? Is it Davey? Is it Mike Rizzo? Honestly, that's above my pay grade. I will be honest. But what I do know is that it is kind of an issue right now. Josiah Gray. He didn't really take the step up that we were looking for this year. Eric Fetty. He's always been Eric Fetty. Let's just be honest. I like Eric Fetty. He's a nice guy. But he was a first-round pick, and he just hasn't been it. Tanner Rainey. Look at Tanner Rainey in 2019. You traded him for Tanner Roark which in my opinion was a great deal. You got someone who could be a premier closer down the line. 2019, the back end, the second half of that season, he looked to be that part. 2020, he looked to be that part. Last year, 2021, he blew up. And then in this year in 2022, he looked a little better, 
then ultimately he hurt his elbow and he was out for Tommy John surgery. And so I kind of want to see some development along, especially with the pitching and really just these young guys, because they're going to be coming up fast and hot and heavy. And they're going to be wanting to make a difference for this major league roster. But the most important part of that is that can you develop them in the major league level? Because I, I believe in the minor league part of this and the development process down in Rochester, Harrisburg, Wilmington, as long as Fred Nats as well. I believe in them. I've seen it. I've seen guys go through the system. But then once they get to the majors, some guys just don't really improve that much. They don't really take that next jump into the major leagues like we all expected they would. K. Bear Ruiz, is he going to find his power? Because this is someone who did have power in the minor leagues. This is someone who we thought we could get 20 home runs a year out of. And we, were, we didn't really see that this year. So I want to see what will they do. Maybe will they hire someone else in the front or in the front office? Mike Rizzo is the president of baseball oper- operations here in D.C. Maybe will he hire a GM? to go under him and try to help him with that. Maybe someone with a different viewpoint on baseball so they can come to the discussion table and have some good arguments about what they think this particular guy should do in his development. What training should he do differently than what he's done in the past? Who knows? But I'd be really interested to see because Austin Vogt this year, when he got picked up by the Orioles, and he pitched really well for them down the stretch, if you didn't know, he kind of called out the organization. I mean, he didn't really say the name of it, but we all know what he was saying because it's something that we've all known forever was that he said that he was surprised to see all the analytics and everything that's available to them with the freaking Baltimore or- Orioles. The Orioles. Come on. You can't be behind the Orioles in that department. You just can't. And now look at them. They have the number one farm system in baseball, and they had the lowest payroll in baseball this season, and they – Almost made a playoff run. They were in the thick of it till the very end. So they got a bright future ahead of them. And the analytics have been a big part into that rebuild with the Orioles. All right. Number three, starting pitching. Or actually, that was number three. What am I saying? Number four. What will the Nationals do? with starting pitching this offseason. There's a lot of interesting things to think about. You got Mackenzie Gore, one of the headlines of that Juan Soto trade. Another former top 10 pick from the San Diego Padres, a lefty. Started the year this year. His first two months with lights out. He sustained a, a little elbow injury that really shut him down for the rest of the year. Made a couple rehab starts down in AAA Rochester with the Nationals, but he, we never got to see him up in the major league level. What will we do with that? You got Patrick Corbin. Is he going to be the ace? No, he shouldn't be. He's not an ace on any team. He's the worst starting pitcher in baseball this year, and he's probably been the worst starting pitcher in baseball over the last three seasons. Sorry. It just it is what it is. Josiah Gray. He didn't really take that next step, like I was saying, with the rest of the Nationals prospects. He didn't really take that step in the major league to where I wanted to see it. Grant Paulson hit on it the other day. He's got the stuff, which I agree with. He does He does have the stuff. But then again, it's got to work out eventually. The rubber's got to hit the road. 
You got to hit the ground running. I need to see something. That's not on Josiah Gray necessarily, but it's kind of on the organization. I need to see it. I need to see it quickly because we're going to have to rely on Josiah Gray moving forward. We will. I can promise you that right now. If Josiah Gray is not going to be in the fold for this team and for this organization, we're in trouble. I can tell you that right now. We will be in big trouble. And so pitching is going to be a big storyline this offseason. Will Eric, what will we do with Eric Fetty? Who knows? Who freaking knows? Anibal Sanchez, I better not see him in the starting rotation this year. You meant so much to me in 2019. You meant so much to us as Nationals fans in 2019. But I'm sorry, dude. I can't see it. I can't see you pitch another inning for this roster. Cade Cavalli, former 2020 first-round pick. What will he be doing? You saw him the one start. He got rocked around, and everyone freaked out. Come on. This is someone who has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. He's going to start the year in the majors. He should have been called up way earlier than he was. Obviously, he got a little dinked up in his first start, but nothing crazy, nothing to be concerned about as we sit here today. And so I want to see the development of Cade Cavalli. What is he going to do? What type of plan do you have for him in this offseason? Where is he going to be in the rotation? Is he going to be your two-starter? behind Gray, so you're going to be your three behind Gray and Corbin. Who knows? Who really knows? And also, are you going to spend the money on someone? Are you going to go out there and be aggressive in free agency and try to spend on someone? Maybe an older vet like a Kyle Gibson type from the Philadelphia Phillies who was an all-star in 2021, had a down year this season, really did not perform well at all. But kind of be in that market to where a vet who's going to throw the ball every five days. He's going to stay healthy, and maybe you're going to flip him at the deadline. Also going to help out the younger guys. Then the biggest question, Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg doesn't even know his future. He called his future a mystery. So really, where does that stand? Where does Steven Strasburg stand amongst this list? Because that's a confusing part of it. That's another wrinkle into this Washington Nationals offseason. Where Steven Strasburg lies, is he healthy, is he not? No one really knows. We just don't. And so, where do we go from there? I don't know, but I can tell you where you can head after listening to myself. You can check out Locked On Sports today. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports for the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and inside only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And so, also, my fifth biggest storyline going into this offseason. Obviously, these are in no particular order. These are just five storylines that I will be watching very closely. And it really just goes back to the development side of things into this organization with new ownership, a new identity. Will we be active in the trade market? Because as I touched on yesterday, you've got veterans on this team to where you can move. Is Mike Rizzo going to be working the phones? Think back in the offseason after 2020. You acquired Josh Bell. That was a good deal. We shipped off really 
two nobody prospects to where the team got a bargain. Josh Bell was an all-star prior to that in 2018, I believe, or in 2019. I can double-check that and fact-check me. But then again, you got to be out there. You got to be answering the phones. There should be a price tag on every player that you have. And you should have your eyes on anyone who's trying to maybe get rid of a contract that they don't want. Maybe another starting pitcher, a third baseman, a prospect to where someone is getting blocked from the major league level, from a contending team. Do the Dodgers want to get rid of one of their prospects for another vet? Who knows? But I need Mike Rizzo to be active, not even at the trade deadline in 2023, in the offseason. Be aggressive. Don't be afraid to lose a trade. Don't hinder the future on a trade now. You're rebuilding for a reason because the team is not good. So you don't want to give up one of your top 30 prospects or you don't want to give up maybe, who knows, C.J. Abrams. That's not going to happen. This stuff is not going to happen. I'm just kind of ranting stupid stuff. But you don't want to limit yourself just because you're saying, well, we're in a window now. We'll be fine. And the real answer to that is no. You need to be aggressive. You need to work the phones. You need to be in contact. And you need to be all ears. If someone wants a veteran, maybe, who knows, Joey Manessas, what will you do with that? Will you trade him to a team that's like, hey, we need a hitter? Our DH just got hurt in spring training. He took a ball off his toe and broke his toe and would be out for two months. What's the price on Joey Manessis? Who knows? Crazier things have happened. But I want Mike Rizzo in the front office to be optimistic. I want them to be all eyes on the prize in this rebuild. Trade. Work the phones. Try to get younger prospects. Scout. Do what you can do in your own power. And that's my five biggest storylines for this off season. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. All right, everybody, I will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the World Series. I know I am as well. Uh, Go Astros, per usual. Go Dusty Baker. I will never root for the Philadelphia Phillies, and you should never do that as well. Have a good day, everybody.